Welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. For the past 50 years, the Cooper family of San Diego has been putting on an annual Juneteenth celebration. We'll hear from Sidney Cooper Jr., whose father started the local tradition right after the news. Rady Children's Hospital has now admitted eight local boys who may have suffered heart inflammation after getting the coronavirus vaccine. According to San Diego County, more than 105,000 people ages 12 to 17 have been vaccinated, meaning that the eight boys represent 0.007% of all recipients in that age group. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is investigating reports of heart conditions in recently vaccinated people. Another study of San Diego police data has found that people of color, especially black people, are stopped, searched, and subjected to force at higher rates than their white counterparts. The police department commissioned the study from the Center for Policing Equity in 2019. The report released Thursday looks at four years of data, including pedestrian stops, traffic stops, and use of force. Police Chief David Nislight vowed to take a close look at the findings and engage the public about how to move forward. A small San Diego charter school is closing its doors after the San Diego Unified School District found problems with its operations. The problems included vague goals and inaccurate enrollment and budgeting. Suncoast Steam Academy has 80 students and is based in Sarah Mesa. It voluntarily surrendered its charter to the school district last week. Juneteenth is now a national holiday. It marks the day that Major General Gordon Granger led Union soldiers to Texas to announce that the war was over and slavery would come to an end. President Abraham Lincoln had signed the Emancipation Proclamation, ending slavery two and a half years before, but it wasn't a reality in Texas where there were not enough Union soldiers to enforce the order. Here in San Diego, the Cooper family has been putting on a community celebration for more than 50 years. Sidney Cooper Sr. and his wife Thelma started the event, and today it's carried on by family. Sidney Cooper Jr., thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I first wanted to ask you uh, about Juneteenth, you know, becoming a national holiday. How are you feeling about that? Man, we are so elated. Um, our family as a whole have been celebrating Juneteenth for probably over 50 years. Uh, my father was really the pioneer for the Juneteenth celebration in San Diego. And from a young age, he's always told me, hey, look, this should be a national holiday. This is a holiday for all Americans. Everybody had a hand in the Emancipation Proclamation and Independence Day uh, and the freedom of enslaved um, Africans. So I know when it happened, my actually my sister called me and said, "Hey, do you know it's a national holiday?" She said, "I know Dad's probably looking from above, just smiling because he's always said this." And uh, we are elated that it's become a national holiday. We are elated that it's it's recognized. I think we saw a change in um, uh, the sentiment and the attitude of America towards um, this Juneteenth celebration, like last year when that George Floyd thing all went down. And what, and what we saw was uh, a lot of companies, and I would say some of the tech companies were making it holidays for their employees uh, last year. And so I think that whole progression of the, the people recognizing Juneteenth as a holiday, as something that should be commemorated and celebrated by all, and so our celebration that we do every year is a, commemor a commemoration of uh, this historical day, but it's for all communities, 
we've never said it's just a black holiday or just rap. It's everyone because everybody had a hand in uh, setting enslaved Africans free. So very elated about it. Well, speaking of, uh, you know, the, just the support surrounding this, it, what do you think of the bipartisanship? You know, so it passed the Senate unanimously, even in the House, it was 415 to 14. You know, what do you think of that? I want to know who the 14 people who voted against it. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want their names. No, absolutely. I, I think it's great. I, I think, like I said, I think it's just a progression of things that have happened over the past year and a half, two years, where we've kind of made this slow kind of move to, um, there, there has been some, as we know, in the political sphere, there's been a lot of bipartisanship and stuff like that. And uh, people, ideologies of people being different and people on opposing sides. But I think, you know, with George Floyd, uh, we kind of saw an inhumane act. And I think people started seeing people not by race, but as a human race. And as we, if we view everyone as part of the human race, we become a family. And instead of the differences, uh, we see the similarities that we have and the common causes that we have and, and the similar struggles that we have, because no matter who you are, there's going to be struggles in this life, in this journey. And if we can understand and have appreciation for each other's struggles, we start to see how each of these struggles are interrelated and how as a whole, as a community, uh, as a society, we can come together and really overcome it. And I think that the recognition of Juneteenth as a national holiday is a step in that direction because we make it an American holiday. That means it's a holiday for everyone. And so I couldn't emphasize that more. I think it's just a great thing. And I, I like the bipartisanship of, of that being passed in that way. So I think that's such a great step in the in the right direction and hopefully we can build momentum in that political sphere that we can have more bipartisanship for things that do the common good for the humankind, human race uh, here in America. I've read some criticisms online that making this a national holiday is performative in some ways, you know, in, in place of real change. Do you see it that way? No, not at all. And, and, and maybe it's from my tradition in terms of me uh, celebrating this practically all my life. And so um, I get it, you know, sometimes the younger generations, um, we had a discussion probably about a week ago and one young lady was saying she didn't get why we celebrated it. She said, oh, I think that if we celebrated the um, other things like the slave revolt, stuff like that, where we were actually doing something like we're actually resisting that that's more of a celebration for her. And what I was telling her, it's good to celebrate. It's good for the spirit to celebrate. And I think uh, this celebration is long overdue, um, but I think it should be inclusive. And I think the inclusivity of this celebration and that passing, I think is a genuine act of us trying to as a society, as a, as a race of people, as a part of the human race, like I said before. Well, let's talk about your family celebration. So like you said, been doing it over 50 years. This was started by your father at a time when a lot of people didn't really know about this holiday, according to the coverage that I've read. So, you know, wh why was it so special to him? Well, my father is from the South. He's from uh, Redbird, Oklahoma. And then coming from the South, that was, especially in Texas, they celebrated it all the time. And so he came from an area where that 
it was natural to celebrate it. So when he got here to California, he wanted to do the same thing or bring that kind of uh, acknowledgement to this day. Uh, his whole sentiment was we should be celebrating this like the 4th of July. Uh, it's our Independence Day. And so in, in saying that and doing that, um, he just started to have barbecues in the back of our business on Imperial Avenue. My father was a barber and my mother was a beautician. We had a fruit stand in the back and in the parking lot, we would open it up and uh, have barbecues or he would do it at Southcrest Park in San Diego. And the one thing that my father would do is have an educational program where he educate people about Juneteenth and then you would have a barbecue, free food for everyone. And so we got to the point where we were having on Imperial Avenue where we would have a line down the block uh, for people just standing in line trying to get food. Uh, and he'd have a little music. And so the biggest part, and I think we keep those pillars in place in terms of our celebration. One is education, one is feeding the community, and then the third is healing the community. And we kind of feel through education and, and knowledge that you heal the community as a whole. What is what is planned this year? You know, I, I assume you didn't have one last year for COVID, so I'm sure you have big plans. What's going on? Yeah, you know what's so funny? Last year, because of COVID, uh, we had it virtual. We had a virtual one, but no, um, and it was very limited in terms of the people. Uh, this year, it's a little bit uh, more of a festival that we're used to. It's going to be at Memorial Park in uh, in San Diego. Uh, from 10 to 5, we're going to have the same things. We have vendors, uh, we have kids zone, we have a historical wall, uh, we have speakers, we have a stage where we have live entertainment. Uh, the, the biggest thing is that we kind of keep consistent in terms of our education of the youth and the community about Juneteenth, um, where we, we, we want to have fun. Uh, we want to feed the community. We want to heal the community all in one. So we, we're thinking this celebration is going to be very nice. Uh, we anticipate, uh, I think the last count, anticipate maybe five to 700 people coming through. Now, pre-COVID, at our, at our peak, and we were really going, we had up to like 75, 80 vendors. We always have uh, health services, services for the community there. We'll have, um, uh, at this one, at, uh, tomorrow, We'll have um, COVID screening, COVID testing, and uh, a push for a vaccination in the community. So we're always been community-based. We've always been inclusive. We always want to show what community services are out there for the people in our community. And so that's going to stay consistent. It really is. Uh, and I think we, at last count, we have about maybe close to 70 vendors now. Wow. Yeah. yeah it's going to be nice. It's going to be a very, very um, nice celebration. Um, so I would encourage everybody to come out. Uh, it's going to be awesome. Uh, I think we're going to have good weather. You know, San Diego, we always have good weather. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> right absolutely. Yeah. Well, when you talk about the healing aspect, what is the healing that still needs to take place? Um, knowing that the struggle's not over, knowing that, you know, we still, we're still marching towards, you know, aspects of freedom. We really are in terms of like just certain things about voting that's going on. Uh, about our educational system, uh, about environmental equity, stuff like that, just to be inclusive of all people, all times, having uh, more tolerance uh, in our society. So there's always, you know, we celebrate that occasion of Juneteenth because it marks that, but that doesn't mean that that day of June 19th of 1865, when the people of Galveston, Texas, got noticed that, you know, the end of slavery had was was up on us. 
they still had steps to take to march to freedom, right? So even though that document was signed, there was other things or other barriers that were put in place to kind of stymie that, that freedom. And so we have been a continuous march to freedom all the way through civil rights. And we continue to have, you know, hurdles and obstacles in our way. And so, and, that, and, and not just to say that for the African-American community, but communities as a whole, like I said, we all have obstacles that um, we have to really preserve and cherish our freedom, am I right? And what does that mean? And part of freedom is, is knowledge, you know what I mean? And if we have that knowledge of how there is synergy between all races that everybody has applied, everybody has obstacles, you know, marching towards that freedom, we understand that then we march towards freedom as a whole, as a human race. And I think um, that's what, that's what, that's what's ahead of us. And I think if we can do that, man, we're going to be in, in very good shape. And, I, and, you know, if you look at America as a whole, you know, everybody says it's a melting pot. It's really not a melting pot. We, it's, it's eclectic, am I right? So in terms of we have all these different different people, ethnicities, races, and the thing is if we have an appreciation for that, we enrich our journey, we enrich our experience, we enrich our culture as Americans. And I think if we continue to do that, man, this is gonna be uh, an experiment that everyone will, ha will, ha will, will like to model worldwide. And so, um, I think that's what's, what's ahead of us. You can read more coverage of Juneteenth online at SanDiegoUnionTribune.com. I'm Christy Totten, host of the San Diego News Fix. Thanks for listening.